Today on Bell and the Birdman, who's Nick Sirianni really? Also, we found a new home in Roxboro. It's the Henry James Saloon. And Mike from Liquid Death joins the show. It's all coming up on Bell and the Birdman. But first, Taylor, hit the music! Oh, yes, the Liquid Death throne has been built at Last Out Media Studios. That means uh, we're cracking these things left and right, and hey, hey, they weren't kidding. Another 154 cases uh, are are in here, and uh, not only that, we have a treat for you as uh, Mike Cesario is going to join us, the CEO of Liquid Death, who is a huge Birds fan, got into a lot of good conversation, and it's not like Wayne's World where it's just like some nerd coming on and we're saying, no, this guy stinks and we're obligated to do it. Mike's one of the coolest guys that I know. Just love his story and all that stuff, but plenty to get into as, is Mercury in retrograde or something? It's like, good Lord, what a week. For it's just a, I feel like everyone's had a landmine, and especially Nick Sirianni, who everyone is ready to just throw this dude out. Jeff McLean's writing articles, being like, "Yeah, it looks like he's the problem currently right now." Between that and you know, is it Jalen Hurts' fault? Is it that? I know one thing for sure, Vince Quinn. We have all looked at our poop a lot this week <laughs> because Jalen Hurts has put that in our head, and I have made sure that my my gut health is in good good standing this week. I, so I, I have you been checking your deuces? I've been checking my deuces. Yeah, uh, nice color, you know, uh, well held, held together. That's good. Yeah, no, very nice. Enough fiber in the diet. Although you I did think, eat, you did eat an egg McMuffin today, so I don't know how that kind of transferred some. I did, I did, <laughs> and uh, I will feel the consequence of that when I die thirty years younger than I should. Yes, but for now. I feel okay. I feel Fantastic. Okay. Well, actually, no. Actually, I'm pissed off. <laughs> okay, why are you I'm pissed, pissed off? off? Because here's the thing. So far for this season, I locked in on an idea of Nick Sirianni that doesn't exist. I don't know who this guy oh, is. Wow. I don't know who he is, John. I have no idea who the hell Nick Sirianni actually is. When this guy came to town, you know what we talked about a lot? We talked about the Colts. Does this look anything like the Colts oh, no. looked like? Well, now, I mean, not these Colts. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say. I was like, kind of. No, no, do not relate to these Colts now. But when the Colts had an actual quarterback, yeah. bam, that could actually play football, bam again. They were a solid, well-built, running foundation team. Like, yeah. they did the things that, because here's the thing. Fuck, we're going to talk about running again? Yes, damn right we are. Damn right we are. Because for right. Jalen Hurts, he needs it. He, there's a playbook that exists for every young quarterback that exists in the NFL. Yeah. It's a little more diverse when a guy can run. But for for what the hell this is, which is literally no motion whatsoever, it's like, hey, we built this brand new game. We're, we're going to sell this new game on PS5 all the time. What is it? It's called Super Mario, and it's the original, and it's just like, boop, boop, boop. Like, you can't do that today. You can't do that. Are you? <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's selling us. So he's selling us Chris Pratt as like Luigi, right? That's what. Did you well, hear about yeah, that which, too, by the way? That's a whole other thing. a Mario thing. movie. Yes, which. That's if, what he is. If you've never saying. seen the 19, like, 1987 cartoon show. It is yeah, on all Netflix, of are, last I checked. Oh, is it? Yes. They're all bad, by the way. Oh, the movie, they're all, the cartoon, they're garbage. They're, they're all completely garbage, which is exactly like the offense right now, John. The offense is terrible. <laughs> to, to have no motion whatsoever, to be throwing bombs, like the whole idea of, of talking about the path for yeah. this team, right? What I talked myself into and, and have been living in this state of denial now for two weeks, I would say was the idea that you're going to run the ball a little bit, you're going to have Hurts as a part of that running game yep. and use his skill set really well. You're going to have a lot of short, intermediate stuff because you have guys for that. We've seen it with the screen game. We kind of, sort of, maybe a little saw it with the tight ends, but finally. But there's no consistent, obvious plan, identity that goes into this team. It's a death trap right now. I mean, to not have... It's, they don't have an identity with the young coaching staff, a quarterback that's un proven they have no identity and to not have the Colts guy that I thought I was getting it changes everything and or, I'm pissed or it's week three of a football season and we're witnessing now like an 0-3 Trevor Lawrence is rising to the occasion I'm not saying that they have you know I don't even know what I'm saying if, if I'm trying to compare Nick Sirianni to Urban Meyer God yeah because don't do that Ugh, don't do that heebie-jeebies but 
it's week three of the NFL season, guys. And if you want to take on face value what this guy's saying in at his press conferences, and everybody's ripping him for, I mean, like the meme, he created a meme for the entire internet this week where he's holding up a piece of paper and everybody's putting, and by the way, shout out to Corey for putting, oh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, on the, that, was, that was fantastic. Thanks, Corey. And it's just him protecting whoever he's protecting. If that means it's Jalen Hurts, he's protecting that. If that means he's going, I've got to do a better job of running the football, he's just saying that. He's well, doesn't, yes. He doesn't mean he's going to implement that. He's protecting whatever's going on. Maybe it's well, his... What is going on? What, well, what is it's going a, it's on? A, it's a football team trying to figure out their footing and understanding like, hey, this first plan that we had of like attacking the ball downfield with, well, oh, whatever you think about the wide receiving court at this point, I don't know, fill in the blank, but it's not working right now. But if you think this doesn't look like the 2013 season, this is exactly what it felt and looked like. And everyone that same scenario, and you remember this too. And if you disagree, 215-509-5833, please send us a text. I'm going to hit the number. I'm going to send the text line (laughs) because I disagree. And now everyone was right in the long long run, but everyone wanted to get rid of Chip Kelly because they didn't think it would work. It's just tricks. It's just this. It's just that. It was that one big boom against Washington. We all slobbered over Michael Vick and the speed and the pace, and we're like, this is great. We kind of did the same thing in Atlanta, and now it is getting hit over the head with some really good football teams coming close, and then Jeff Bozier even pointed this out, which I thought was great. Yeah, this is, does everyone remember the Nick Foles concussion game where against Dallas, where it just, where you're like, oh my God, this team is so far away from the Cowboys. It was ugly. It was at home. It just, it wasn't a good game. I think they might have had three, six points. Matt Barkley ends up finishing the game or whatever. Like, it was really bad. Oh, yeah. So, this feels a lot like that. And you could be right. I'm not saying that you, like, it's very much in the possibility. And we have a, <laughs> Vince is a tinfoil hat there that I think he'll absolutely oh, love we'll, towards yeah, the we'll end get of the show. To that. We'll get to that. But um, I am not in full-blown, there's something wrong with the team. This is exactly what I told you was going to happen this week, didn't I? What a yes. ripe, What a ripe week to go in and be like, this is your first. Is there something wrong with Sirianni either coming out of the locker room or objectively doing that? And like, yes, it should be. Question completely. And now my first question back to you to resolve this issue from the week, is RPO a run or not? It is. <laughs> Thank you. It's 100% a run. Here's the thing, and and I initially, I was wrong on this, too. I've turned on this. I voted no when we put the poll out. I voted no. At Bell and the Bird, by the way, across all socials. Yes, but in a run-pass option, runs first. Runs runs first? Yeah. You're, you're not like, hey, let's drop back for five seconds. Okay, handoff. Like, that's not the play. That is never the RPO play. It is, is there a run? Okay, no, there's not. I'm going to keep it. Now yeah. I'm going to try to pass it. So it's either, if Hertz is hanging on to the ball too long, if the running lanes aren't open, I don't know what that is, and, and we have to go back and check that. But yeah. it does count as a run call. I will say that. All the same, though. I mean, and, and I'm not big on the three number. That's getting blown way out of proportion. But the difference between Sirianni and Chip Kelly is Chip Kelly had a system. He lived and died so by that So does Sirianni. System. What is it? I don't know. Well, that's the, <laughs> what do you mean then? I'm just saying I have no idea. Uh, nobody has any idea. <laughs> nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative, right? Yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. that's right, what this right. is. There's something there, but it's very disjointed. You know, like every just yes. like Joe Banner pointed out, like the, oh, somebody always has a system. We're just trying to it's clearly not the Colts. Well, and that's what you're expecting, and, that's why you're mad. And that's part of it, because it's a young, inexperienced quarterback that has questions with the deep ball and general accuracy. Yeah. And your team is built on right now throwing the ball deep regularly and trying to get those shots and leaning on him in the passing game. Even if this wasn't the initial strategy going into the season, they're not playing to the strengths. Like, you're not playing to the strengths of this team. It is the offensive line, like the strength, the size, beating people up, the physicality. Mm-hmm. You want to see that. Like, that's who they should be. They're not that. When you're pl- when you- I-, I don't know if Quez Watkins is any good. If he's a major part of your pl- game plan, him and Rager getting it down the field, that's a mistake right now. You can try it for, I mean, and maybe that's it. He wants that to be it, and it fails, and then he tries and goes back to the traditional stuff. But until I see the traditional, obvious, easy quarterback things that you do that Ben Roethlisberger did early, Russell Wilson did early, Tom Brady did early, every great quarterback does at the beginning of their careers, yeah. until I see that come around or the deep game just totally blows up. I hate everything right now. <laughs> well, of course you do, because it's not successfully working, and they're one and two. 
if they were two and one and they ended up beating the 49ers or Cowboys, which they obviously didn't have a lick in hell of doing that uh, this past week. But the biggest problem, and uh, granted, he's part of this problem, so I understand that. But literally in back to back games in San Francisco and in Dallas, identical snap counts for the offense 58. 58 snaps is not enough to evaluate Dick. Nothing. Like, how on earth? What is the average snap count now? It's got to be above 60. Yeah. Oh, no. Because of how many shootouts that we have. Like, an average is about 65 or 70 or whatever. So, like, you've eliminated probably two or three drives based on the defense this past week, which seemed like a, a crazy thing to do, and two really awkward starts to your first 15 or 25 plays where there was rhythm, there was just no, there's no punch. So that just tells me, again, the same things that we've been saying. Yes, everyone's inexperienced. Yes, they've got to find their footing. And I just don't think the chemistry, the timing or whatever, but where I do agree with your side of the argument here is there's a ton of red flags because this guy was supposed to be an excellent teacher and understand everything. And it just seems like the first three games in simple concepts in their base production, honestly, on both sides of the ball. So I don't know where that kind of fits with Gannon, but they are still going through the motions here. Well, no they're not going no, through any motions. No one, There's no <laughs> motions. There's zero motions. All and right. it's, it's not just red flags. It's yellow flags. It's yellow flags everywhere. Like the amount that they're leading the league in penalties. They've set a franchise record for penalties through three weeks. An NFL record. Yeah, right? we, I, maybe. We, we've We're on some, pace for. Yeah, yeah, like we've seen awful teams in this town with a lot of penalties before. It's happened, but to see this, I mean, it is bad. Now, some of that is first-year head coach stuff, but when you pair that up with all of the other things, with the offensive inconsistency of yeah. what it is, like if they were the team, if they were the Atlanta team that we saw week one, not not in terms of scoring, but just they like to get the ball to the outside. That's what Hurts does. He's not big on throwing it to the middle. They try to avoid that. Fine. They run the ball a little bit. Yeah. That's how they play the game. I could get that. I, I, I mean, there's issues with that, clearly, but... I can understand what they're doing, and they have some system and philosophy. Right now, I don't believe in any of that. Yeah, I, I just, well, because there's no, we're all waiting for the counterpunch because from Atlanta, it just seems like everybody's seen the tape, and now that the Chiefs are here, you're going like, oh, well, shit. I mean, if Dallas can do that, and even though, what, the Chiefs are almost dead last with their corners, and like, you know, they can't And they the can't run defense the is awful. Yeah. It's awful. Like, every statistical category for run defense is like 31, 32, 30 like they're they're just terrible I'm not picking the Eagles this week I'm just going to get that out of the way because like I feel as though I'm contributing to I I I have flipped twice on my original predictions because I'm excited I'm going like no it's in there it's in there it's in there from now on until things change I'm picking against them just out of superstition just (laughs) trying to change up the streak here a little bit but I honestly do believe they can get back on track offensively in this game probably end up still losing but maybe slow down some of the worries that you're talking about here because the deep shots to Rager are close and I know that doesn't mean anything because we want the result but the timing of that getting Quesmore involved those deep shots early and often and now we probably see Miles Sanders a lot just because of the overcorrection pretty typical of what everybody does yeah so. that's usually what happens <laughs> they're gonna run the ball like 50 times yeah. this week and Sirian is gonna sit there at the podium like how do you like that motherfuckers yeah. you know what I mean like there's gonna be some of that and then we're gonna get see John this is why you gotta run the football because it sets up the pass advantage. just do whatever yeah. it takes to win and beat the beat that opponent that's all I care about well yeah there should be some flexibility week yeah. to week based on who the opponent is if they're weak in the linebackers you hit them in the middle if they're weak over the top you hit them over the top right. if they can't stop the run you run at them like you you do have to adjust a little bit for those things but you have a base philosophy and you just lean into an element of that each week but you do so, have to keep the deep shots hot and heavy i don't I, I say that with like that should still be your first priority because i'm looking at the league and by the way sirianni had the motion things really bothered me all week i can't i can't get zero. off zero <laughs> i mean zero plays you have to try to do that like yes. that's a con- serious concerted effort that's insane very much insane is there something that you believe that is n- not going to be insane this weekend and first and foremost i'll tell you what's incredibly insane is the people if you've missed our live announcements the people over at the henry james saloon 
are insane because of how much they have bought into the program of just of great talks and then understanding that, hey, we need a place and we love to do all this stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is our official announcement tonight that we have found a new home. It is at the Henry James Saloon in Roxborough. It is right dead across the street from Delisandro's. And I had the cheesesteak live on our stream today. Go check it out on YouTube, TikTok, wherever you feel comfortable watching all that stuff. And yes, we have to upgrade the internet a little bit. And that's what we tested out today. So noted there. But I did it on site, unseen, unheard. And the Jess, the bartender, said this cheesesteak is just as good, if not better, than Delisandre's. In fact, she says it is better than Delisandre's. Yeah, those were her words out of her mouth. And I was ready to doubt this thing completely. I go, there's no way. And first bite on camera, I took two immediate bites, and you'll see it. It is an awesome cheesesteak. It's amazing. And and the rest of the food there is spectacular. Like, we are so excited to go check that out. Vince was giving us a tour. Please, please come. Well, yeah, yeah, check it out. And and for the cheesesteak, like, what kind of cheesesteak is it? Is it like this place or that place? Like, it's a it's chopped up, like pretty, chopped, yep. pretty heavily chopped up. They don't do whiz, but hey, we got provolone. I love provolone on a steak once in a Same. while. So provolone, American, you could do that. But they load it up. You got a tasty roll, which is obviously like any sandwich, regardless. Which is again a good thing for the menu. Yes, uh, they have something called the pud chicken, which is those big long hot peppers, and that's in there. There's red sauce. It is spicy as hell, and I love it that way, and it's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and usually you get a piece of, of food somewhere, a piece of food, a, a plate. <laughs> I I walk over to a stranger and I go, let me try a piece Can of I just that. Break chicken. off a piece of that fry, please. Yeah, yeah. so I, I do that, and uh, a lot of times they'll be like, oh, well, it's spicy, and it's it's not at all. Like if you like spicy food it's just, it's just not even remotely spicy the pud chicken is actually spicy so yes know what you're getting into with it but it is delicious if you get it all the rolls all the sandwiches it's great everything we've had so far and we're super excited like we really do have a lot of ideas for this place ownership has been incredibly supportive and yeah. have someone look at us and be like yeah we, we think the show is great like we believe in what you guys are doing we want you guys to do this thing here it just it means a lot and here's how much they, they love this they literally handed us their company credit card today yes today and just said get whatever you need and let us know what you buy and that's cool that is that's something we can get behind <laughs> so 577 jamestown avenue it's philadelphia labeled 19128 put it in your google maps go check it out go to henry james saloon pa.com or just give him a call and talk to john his name's john too 215-483-8460 if you have any questions about the Henry James Saloon, shout out to our good friend Clifford Sykes over at uh, Driving in the Right Lane Pod who said, you guys got to go check it out. It's a great place. And it is completely, reve- uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Vince? Renovated. Renovated. Thank you. Yes. And we are so, so excited. So we'll be there Sunday for the Chiefs game. Please come out and I will do this. You come and buy this cheesesteak, and if you don't like it, I'll go walk across the street to Delisandro's and get you a steak there. That's how good it is. Like, I think it actually can beat a Delisandro's cheesesteak. So come on out. It's a lot of fun. And Vince, what are we thinking for this week? I know. I mean, like, you are, I'm, I think we're both at going with a loss here. Well, a loss, but. Yes. Um, uh, but first off, first thing I'm thinking oh, is yes. now, now that we have the company credit card, uh, you, know those, <laughs> you know those giant inflatable rats that like go to protest? Ooh, like yes. a union protest. Yeah, yeah. Four hundred eighty bucks. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what would we put on our on our union rat inflatable thing? I don't know. We would just yell at people for eating other steaks. I think. We just, just like, go like, you should only eat at Henry James Saloon, and we just have a giant <laughs> rat outside. That would be awesome. I don't think. I don't think putting a rat outside of a restaurant is a good idea. It's somebody else though. It's pointed <laughs> at another restaurant. So oh, okay. It's, it, we're all weaponizing right. the rat. All right. This, all this, right. This is an, an innovation with the rat industry. But I. But I, I will say we are going to do this this thing because we've already talked about it and we're just trying to figure out how to execute it. But we're just going to say free cheese sticks and free water from Liquid Death and like come try this cheesesteak essentially yes yeah and we can't wait to do that so yes henry james saloon pa.com go check them out let us know 215-509-5833 if uh you want to come out and hang out and obviously same thing still apply mics for everybody like you saw you see us in studio when we're doing the live stream so uh we'd we'd love to take part of it uh vince where are we going next my friend well yeah so let's do the chiefs thing for a second yeah they're screwed i like this is a tough game i mean it's just they're they're an angry team if sirianni now this is the, the fun thing is obviously as much as we 
talked about this with the Dallas game. Yes. I mean, if they lose and the misery and the way they lost in prime time, like everything just tanked. I mean, it's like we, the worst thing that could happen. Well, yeah, and we're we're having discussions <laughs> that I want to talk about in a minute of does Sirianni survive the year? Oh yes. because That's I think it's question. it's it's early, but you know what? I think some people are already discussing that, so I want to get into that in a minute. But thinking about what this game's going to be, at the very least, you just want to see him compete. Right, I just want them to feel like at the end of the day, the team belonged on the field. The penalties get cleaned up. Maybe somebody gets benched. I know that's a popular yeah. thing right now, yeah. like Derek Barnett getting benched. I'm fine with that. Put Ryan Kerrigan out there for a week. I know he stinks. I don't care. <laughs> like you got to try something. It's completely out of control. But anyway, I, I think that game's going to be a mess. So let's talk about Sirianni okay. because people didn't like him to start. Okay, that that is one of the things. And for him wearing the shirts, as much as he's trying to appeal to people, that made people like him less. To some degree, now it's to the point where it's like provoking, right? The they're, they're well, just yeah, they're like, oh, he's trying to like us. He's trying to make us oh, like yeah. him. Fuck yeah, him. only Bryce Harper can do that. Yeah, right. It's or whoever. Sorry, Nick Sirianni, you didn't wear enough Philly fanatic gear. Yeah, only Joel on Embiid and Bryce Harper can pander. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So we're very particular about that kind of thing. There's a limit. You don't have a ticket yet. So for him, it got so bad and so out of control, Sirianni already. He didn't wear one of the shirts with a. You know, he's been wearing standard <laughs> Eagles gear this week like the whole thing scared him out of wearing the shirts which i think he should have just kept going for it that's yep. just me but clearly it proves the pandering people right you know what i mean like it's just oh he's just trying to do this to build it up and, and now that he loses and it looks bad he's like all right let me just abandon this crap I never, <laughs> i'm never gonna do that again but looking at sirianni right now i mean honestly is there a chance that Dick sirianni doesn't make it at after this year i i'd put the likelihood that that is very low but possible honest. but a possible but very low yeah i mean any I think, you know, I don't want to say anything's possible because that's a stupid answer. Everyone says that. Well, yes. But uh, but I would say it's extremely low. If you want a percentage on it, like 15%, I would say okay. it would happen. But 15% on a one-and-done head coach is a fascinating thing. And actually, it, okay, so let me get my tinfoil hat on here. For a All right, cause, cause <laughs> Drum roll. This is, a, this is a fun theory. I know we've, we've been talking a lot about Ted Lasso and Nick Sirianni, and that's yep. come up in a lot of different ways. What if he is Ted Lasso? And, and what I mean is, okay... <laughs> What if Nick Sirianni was Doesn't hired? Doesn't actually really know ball. <laughs> yes. He's hired to tank. He's hired to unintentionally tank the team. Like, Roseman looks at this guy and goes, oh, he's such a putz. He's just the biggest putz I've ever seen in my life. He, with the shirts and the attitude and talking about ball and rock, paper, scissors. And, like, they knew all of it. And they just knew all along. And Roseman's like, all right, I got dead cap out the wazoo more than anybody there's only one thing to do yes that's it <laughs> and they already started the train they started the tank train week 17 of last year so after like yeah fuck it let's just throw this whole year away we ted lasso it you hire a guy you don't believe in he goes for a year you run him out of town you get a new quarterback all the draft picks like cap space it becomes because here, here's the only, here's the other thing that That's fuels let me let me fuel this a little bit more all okay right. It, right. and again with a tinfoil hat on uh, so they fired doug peterson a little bit late right season ended then there was some going back yeah, and forth some super bowl and, let's see let's you you deserve that yeah like it, or whatever. It, it took some time for them to fully separate from doug after the seasons and and now coaches get fired before the season ends anyway so right. they were behind on the search there really weren't any good candidates that they were looking at like big time legitimate hot and heavy conversation candidates so if they just go yeah fuck it we're gonna punt for a year and like <laughs> nobody wants this job right now yeah let's just get some guy you take a shot like you you basically go same thing of a uh, 15% chance of making it through the season you have 15% chance that this guy could be a good coach but if he's a good coach he's gonna be an amazing coach yeah so you just right you just like yep let's roll the dice let's give Sirianni a dead year anyway we don't believe in Jalen Hurts that much we don't believe in the roster like we're, we're not trying to win the division maybe we're just wrong about all of it yeah and, and the the tinfoil theory is they literally hired this guy with no expectation that he was going to win and kind of preferred that he lose <laughs> like that's that's super tinfoil but it just it's like it fits the ted lasso stuff so perfectly it's ridiculous so what you're telling me is howie roseman watched major league and ted lasso and we're like why can't we do that and make it look as if this guy knows ball, and we really trust his theory, but in reality, we know Jalen Hurts probably isn't as good. That's why we keep checking in on, on Watson in that situation, yep. and really, our intention was literally to have a great backup quarterback that we can develop over the years, and we really need another another guy here. Yeah. 
It's it's also and the only way uh, to do that is with Miami's pick, the Colts pick, and yeah. wherever we end up, and hopefully that's at the top because we're looking at the Jaguars right now. And uh, yeah, like I think I've said that before, but I mean you're looking at Trevor Lawrence and being like, yeah, there is a large gap between Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts. Yes, and there's a lar- there is a large gap in talent. Like, and for you going like John, you turncoat. Are you saying that? No, I have always said, always said. I love Jalen Hurts, and I want to see where this goes, and I have full confidence that he could be that guy because I believe in him, the man, the person, whatever. But I also was very much in favor to go grab Justin Fields, go grab somebody because I'm not letting the 2QB thing go, ever. And that I thought was very possible, and it seemed like they weren't interested in that. And to line up with the tinfoil hat theory, maybe that's because they have – Big intentions to your point in 2022 were like, yeah. this is a Super Bowl. Give Jalen Hurts the entire year as a starter so he knows exactly what he's going through, but we don't ex- we expect him to be more valuable in red zone situations, which Kyle Shanahan is currently doing in San Francisco with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, even though they probably hate that idea, but it helps your red zone offense. And if, in fact, he is going to be your backup quarterback long term, now he's got a lot of seasoning, much like Jacoby Brissett is doing. Well, oh, I love that guy. Yes. As a backup, Always great have. backup. And Jalen Hurts could fit that role, but I don't like Vince's tinfoil hat that much. <laughs> it does have me questioning my sanity, however. And do I think Howie Roseman is capable of doing this? You're goddamn right I am. So yep. it when Vince told me this, I go, ah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so right. interesting thought. Maybe we can kind of keep tabs on that. I've also got one last theory about all of this and how it ties in with Chip Kelly and especially Andy Reid, and and we'll get into that. But first, uh, a very special guest that will be joining us pretty much monthly here, Mike Cesaro, the CEO of Liquid Death, a Philly guy, we can say, even though like we get into it there, grew up around the, the Wilmington, Delaware area and a lot of uh, the, the South Chester spots and all that fun stuff. So shout out to everyone around there. He is one of your own and created this awesome company. It just happens to be a diehard Birds fan on top of that. It's how our relationship started. You know I've been plugging Liquid Death to you forever and we literally think Mike is one of the greatest people on earth. Like he is... So much fun to talk to. We're going to get into the Sirianni stuff with him as well and get his thoughts. And uh, here is our interview with Mike Cesaro of Liquid Death. And joining us right now uh, in studio uh, remotely via Los Angeles, California, I believe. Is that right, Mike? You in L.A.? Yep, L.A. (laughs) But uh, a Philly boy at heart. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but owns a little company called uh, Liquid Death Mountain Spring Water. And it is possibly the greatest Greatest invention ever made is uh, the hat. I've got, you know, we've, we've got the, the fridge full in back. We've got posters everywhere. You can see the cases in uh, Taylor's producer room. And, yes, all of those decks behind there, that is the official uh, Tony Hawk uh, using your blood to mix paint in, in that, that whole campaign. That was amazing. <laughs> tell, us, uh, tell us a little more about that, and then we'll certainly get into your bird thoughts and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I know Tony... Uh, invested in Liquid Death in the last round that we did. I actually have a Tony Hawk tattoo. I mean, as, I, as six years old, it was like the first skateboard I got was a Tony Hawk skateboard. So, I mean, it was pretty surreal to get him involved with the company. And then, yeah, we pitched him a couple different ideas of cool videos, sort of things we could do. And he was super excited about the Bloodboard idea. And it kind of was all stemmed from the band Kiss did this in the late 70s. They put their blood in the ink they used to print a limited comic kiss comic book oh. and i remember seeing that and tony grew up in the 70s so he remembers that so it was kind of like we were all stoked on this idea sort of like this homage to this old kiss idea but just done sort of a different way so, oh, yeah, that is so cool. cool that is uh that's honestly that's how the bell and the Birdman came along too because we thought of those kind of kiss like 70s posters and we're like yeah we wanted that kind of feel where it was that's uh that's amazing that oh, that's cool. connected that way so First questions first, then we'll get into everything else. Yeah. Is Nick Sirianni going to make it out alive here or what? Like, he is getting destroyed over these past couple of weeks, and I don't know if, um, I mean, you're a busy man. I don't know if you've ever been able to break down any film, but a lot of people are yelling about RPOs and what is and what isn't constitutes a run and all this other stuff. But what are your first impressions here of uh, one Nicholas Sirianni? I think it's tricky because you got to think about, too, the executive politics going on. Like, if he didn't make it, what would the fallout on the executive level be? Because it's like, you got rid of the Super Bowl coach. 
you clearly paid the wrong quarterback. You don't have the talent because you drafted wrong. And then now you're getting rid of a quarter, you know, a coach that you just hired. Like, does that mean that what happens to Howie Roseman? What happens to like, it just seems like they would try to justify something else. That's like, it's easier to move players around or blame things on players. Like, I feel like if they say the coach is gone, then that's like a massive Problem. Yeah. It's oh, like, huge. You know? No, and for the first time, actually, I heard somebody mention this uh, in the past couple of days, the idea that he could be gone after a year. I was like, are we already at that? Like, some <laughs> people are already trying to fire. He's coached three games. He's coached yeah. three games and people are trying to fire him. It's nuts. And, and you know, and there's uh, – it was the same thing with, um, with like, Wentz and, and Doug Peterson of, like, how much of it is – I mean, obviously, it was – he it was – one of the worst coach games ever last week but like how much if it is like if Jalen Hurts just doesn't throw that one pass short is that a touchdown by Zach Ertz and then we're talking about a different thing if he doesn't throw that pick six to whatever or is it a different thing that there's like these moments where all of a sudden like it, it doesn't look as bad you know and yeah. like it, the game plan doesn't look as bad if you don't miss a, on a on a couple key things too so you know it, it's a lot to, to look at yeah it's just it, like both they're both both humongous rookie mistakes and both of those rookie mistakes have cost them games like yeah. immediately too and yeah the slip from you know Devonte, we were we were talking about that on the on the post game pod and how much that just could have changed everything running the ball obviously probably could have changed yeah. a, a few things there in the first half but do you think this is more on jalen in these first couple of goes here or do you think it is more on on the coach or just a, a, such a combination of both and it's a, a furious hurricane of, uh, of issues here i think it's both for sure you could have the best coach game ever but if you miss throws i mean nothing you know what are you going to do you know it's like you, you you go in with a game plan that requires the quarterback and the players to execute and if they can't or they fuck up <laughs> what you know what what are you going to do but to your point that's where i think the the coaching issue comes in is like if you see the guy is struggling, why do you keep just having him throw the ball? To your point, I think I, I heard a quote this morning saying that he says he wants the identity of the offense to be explosive. But like, <laughs> of course, <laughs> like who doesn't want that to be the identity? Like, what does that mean? But like the Cowboys were explosive because they could run the ball effectively. So when a defense doesn't know how to defend you, you become explosive, you know, exactly. and it just seems like that wasn't the case. Like they knew exactly how to defend us. Like, cause we weren't running it. We weren't doing any motion. There was nothing creative. It was just, all right, we're going to expect our players to just outplay your players, even though clearly our players are struggling. Well, so, isn't yeah. that part of the insanity of the whole thing, right? Is like, <laughs> there is no motion. There's no movement. It's there's nothing to give you that extra advantage that every team does now. I mean, every team does. They're the only, I, I would swear they're the only team of the league that has no motion whatsoever and goes through a game like that. So to, to go through that and basically like, start a band and say hey we're going to be led zeppelin but you can hardly play guitar it, it's like right. what are you talking about you know what i mean so the whole thing is kind of crazy and i guess part of the question because obviously it's such an identity crisis now with like who is this team who is sirianni is this actually going to go anywhere did you like the team going into the season mike like how'd you feel about sirianni the mix of guys like where, where was your confidence level what did you want to see this year i was actually really excited about the young coaching staff, like even just coming from the business world, who are the richest, most successful company founders? They were 28 year olds in hooded sweatshirts that knew how to think more innovative, like Mark Zuckerberg, than the old gray hair fucking executives that think, oh, what worked 20 years ago is going to work in the modern age of, of what's going on. So I like the idea of if you truly want to be innovative and unpredictable, you're not going to get that from people who have been doing something the same way for for decades like i like the idea of young talent that is hungrier from a coaching perspective like more like more willing to be innovative and, and try to find things that people can't figure out so I, I was excited about that because like yeah if you're like oh we want to change everything so we're just going to hire some old coach to come in like yeah i don't think that's the solution either but you know to your point you've got all these variables where young rookie coaches that are innovative but then what you're going to give away with like the, the downside of that is there's going to be games like yesterday. Like there's going to be big misses. It, now it just comes down to how, what do they actually learn from it and adapt to it? Or do they just keep trying to do the same thing and just keep losing yeah. and, every week? <laughs> and maybe I'm the dumb one here and I'll, I'll continue to be the dumb one in the city. Yep. But I'm going to push back on everyone because this is exactly what it felt like 
when Chip Kelly came in in his first year. An explosive opening game. We're like, oh, my God, this is great. And then it looked like complete and utter dog shit for the next two, three, four weeks. The Nick Foles concussion game, which I don't know if any of us remember, but was like, oh, my God, we got to throw this guy out immediately. And those that didn't want Sirianni here or think he was a fraud, much like our friend Adam Lefko we're going to talk to next week, thinks you know he was ready to bail and go to the Chiefs or whatever it is. People wanted to bail on this team. They wanted to bail on this quarterback, even though the other one clearly sucks and is doing some of the dumbest headstrong things that like of why oh, he left yeah. the city in the first place. But Brutal. I this is going to turn around, however that means in everyone's perspective. I think that's still the division title and eleven wins. And I'm not getting off of that. Like this is supposed to it is explosive and whatever happened over the last two weeks with like Devonte smith like looking like he can't get open anymore and i don't know what's going on but everyone needs to figure these things out i imagined this happening in the first quarter of the season especially with the type of opponents and now like andy reed's coming to say hi to probably shine our shoes and it's gonna make everybody feel really good but i don't know man i i just i like this guy and i'm just gonna give him a few more weeks especially the quarterback to to figure this thing out but we talked about it on – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, and I, I totally agree. Like, I, I, I think he is going to do well. And I think the bringing up Chip Kelly, they could not be more polar opposite personalities. Like, Chip Kelly seemed like an authoritarian, I control everything. Players, you're going to drink the fucking smoothies I want you to drink. <laughs> I want player personnel control. Piss when like, I want you to he, piss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a control freak. And when a control freak has it wrong, they're never, you're never going to convince them to see it the right way. And they have way more, they're way more of a bull in a china shop, like giving away LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson. Like he was like a real problem that like could have only, you know, could potentially gone worse. Where Nick Sirianni, it's like, I get the sense that he's humble enough that he seems open to like admitting when he's actually wrong and trying to like figure out how to get better, which I think is 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 massively important. Well, one of the things that changed this week, by the way, people have made a big deal about this. He's not wearing graphic shirts right now. Uh-huh. He's not wearing <laughs> shirts. It's changed. He goes from wearing like Brandon Graham shirts and rent paid or whatever. Like he was wearing all that. Now it's just like standard Eagles gear. Are we seeing a change? Did, did, did you like him wearing the shirts, Mike? I thought the same. I mean, it was like, it feels like you're trying too hard to pander, it seems. You know, and it's like, it, it's one of two ways. It's either if they beat the shit out of the Cowboys, it's the best thing ever. But if yes. you lose, it's just a total face plant, you know? <laughs> and that's like, it's just it a It's a risky thing to do, you know? Well, yeah, and you're not going to wear beat the Chiefs this week. I mean, that would be just yeah, yeah. <laughs> setting yourself actually, up for disaster. If you did there. that this week, that would actually be the most brilliant thing you could possibly do. Yeah, just, just double down. A beat the, yeah, a beat the Chiefs shirt. <laughs> Big Red is dead. Yeah, fuck you, Andy, or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, that would be yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Mike Cesario is uh, one of the most uh, creative people that I know. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, along with uh, establishing this brand, I want everyone to – know kind of your your backstory here because you are a philly guy uh and i think that's uh, this this can kind of feels like philly so that's that's why i know you're from here uh but you have gone through a lot of different stuff obviously you know a huge skateboarding fan in in uh in that culture for a long time uh with netflix doing a lot of stuff you've created a, a a feature length video for liquid death you're doing a lot of crazy things over there and i absolutely love it so why did you start doing it in the first place what what just what was like hey let's put fucking water in a can no one's doing that let's get tony hawk's blood (laughs) and paint a skateboard with it like where does that come from yeah i mean yeah I, i grew up actually in wilmington delaware for like the first part of my life and then went to high school in like southern chester county and like rural pa lived in philly in some of my adult years working in like advertising and yeah, it was always that thing, you know, I grew up playing in punk bands and going to shows at like Stalag 13 in West Philly, where we'd be 14 years old and they would sell us 40s, you know, you know, <laughs> at, in actual liquor stores there. It was like the craziest place. But it was like having all that as part of like the upbringing and Philly always has like, you know, that really sharp fucking with people's sense of humor, I think. Oh, and that was yes. always been like a part of, of of my sense of humor. So I think once I was in the advertising world for like a decade and, you know, was tired of making ad campaigns for big giant companies like Nestle and Volkswagen, where you're in these like corporate boardrooms where they have no clue what people actually care about. Like they actually right. think that people are watching their Sounds familiar! <laughs> 
yeah, I think I, I, I totally get the sense from you guys that you're kind of, you know, that same ethos of like, hey, sometimes you just have to put your money where your mouth is mm -hmm. and go and build something great and not try to rely on just convincing big corporate folks that what you want to do is the right thing because you're never going to convince them. Like a lot of those folks, they're not in grow mode, they're in maintain mode. So they're risk averse. They think they know everything because they were successful 10 years ago and they define success differently. It's like, doesn't work and they lose a million bucks like they find that kind of money in the couch cushions what do they care you know so it's like but for you in your own career like you're you know you're not doing what you want to do so yeah it, it was one of those things where i want to make my own thing and you know i'd always been into health you know and, and things like that like even growing up in punk and metal bands like i was a vegetarian for six years growing up and i, I like to say that you will find more vegans at a cannibal corpse show than a <laughs> than a taylor swift show like it's true <laughs> yeah like before vegan was like a mainstream thing we're like oh jay-z's vegan and all these rappers are vegan like it came from like the crazier punk world first so th there was a world of people who cared about health but all the cool branding and marketing for stuff was all being done for unhealthy stuff and junk food it's like yep what are the funniest ad campaigns you can remember of the last 10 years it's like Bud Light, Dos Equis, Snickers, Cheetos, Skittles, Red Bull. It's all garbage, basically, you know? <laughs> so we are like, hey, how do we take the healthiest thing you can drink, which is water, and actually market it in a really fun, stupid, ridiculous way that can actually compete with all the junk food stuff? And that was kind of where the idea of the brand came from. Well, yeah. And by the way, Mike, you've nailed it. Because I'll tell you, just the times that I've walked around, I mean, uh, I went to a place down the street to get my tire changed, right? I had to hold my tire. I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun so i go down there and i've got a can of liquid death on me and i'm drinking it as i'm talking to the guy and he's like wait what is that i need to know more about it and like people do that constantly when we had all the cases that you guys gave us when they got dropped off and i'm carrying them up here all these people are stopped like liquid death what is that you know laughing about it seeing the logo like people just naturally organically respond to it and clearly you guys have just absolutely knocked it out of the park thanks yeah i mean it's when we made it, you know, typically the way brands are created is like, especially in the beverage space, it's like things are very sensible in the product. Like, oh, the name kind of makes sense. Like the product looks like it makes sense. And then you spend a bunch of money on marketing to build this cool story around the, the normal thing. It's like, then you make people care about it. But we knew we didn't have money to do that. Right. So we knew that we had to bake all of the marketing firepower into the can itself, where it was like, how do we know, like, what do we feel good about that? If someone sees this can on the shelf, they're going to have to be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Pick it up, probably take a photo on social and tell their 200 friends about it without us paying them to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way we can survive. I, like most small brands, it's like, even you guys as a small podcast, it's like, you have to do things that get people talking about it. It's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, did you hear this thing they did? Or, oh my God, did you see this thing they did? Like, you have to do something that makes people organically need to talk about it. Otherwise, you just have to pay for all the eyeballs. And like small companies don't have the money. You'll just burn out of cash mm -hmm. too quickly and, 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 and not, not ever a, get to that effective either. Yeah, people yeah. burn cash all the time and it's just it's just eyeballs. It's just that's why I never tell all, all my podcasters and everybody else stop paying attention to views because they don't matter. Man. They don't matter. Yeah, right. It's, it's not it's such it's corrupted us completely. And that's why like that's what the end and, and to me. You know it's ridiculous. You lean into that. Like yeah. every that's what I laugh about. It's like, oh, this is just a fucking marketing ploy. We're like, yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. And and I'm drinking healthier more frequently. I'm drinking water because of it, because of your product. Like, exactly. So I would rather buy from you. Done. Yeah, and it's and like, it's, it's like and like what is Red Bull and Monster? Like <laughs> drinking energy drinks has nothing to do with jumping a dirt bike. You know, like these guys are professional athletes. They have trainers. They would not let them drink those products. <laughs> they have nothing to do with it for the most part, but it's like, it, it's all a ploy. It's all about like, Hey, how do you put things into the world that people are glad you put into the world? And if you can do that, you build that emotional connection to the brand that goes far beyond the product. You know, it's like, Water is water to most people. Like people don't think, oh, Fiji is so different than Aquafina or Liquid Death. But it's like people like to vote with their dollars now. So it's all about why does why should someone care about your brand beyond just the product itself? 
you know? And it's like, I think podcasting is a great thing too. It's like people genuinely like the personalities, like they just want to support it because they're like, mm-hmm. I'd rather give my money or time to these people than these people who I really don't know anything about, or maybe their suits in a boardroom somewhere making this water brand and who knows what, you know, where my money goes versus, oh, this brand that seems like this can was made by somebody I'd want to have a beer with. <laughs> I, I, I'd rather support them, you know? Yeah. And that's, uh, that's awesome. I'm so glad that, uh, it exists and it's a thing. And like, you know, you got congratulations like if you've you. if you've gone to a show at all and it's been a live nation show uh you've probably seen these everywhere and that is something that start uh start with a, a can that'll grab everybody's attention and end up uh, the entire water supply of every concert in america is a pretty cool feeling man Thanks, <laughs> I, I would assume yeah. and it's funny like we're already starting to see these like unexpected windfalls like it's at these live nation shows and there was a um Oh, what the fuck is his name? Oh, Luke Bryan, the country artist guy. Yeah. He he sees someone drinking a liquid, like a four-year, like an eight-year-old or something, drinking a liquid death in the crowd. And he actually has someone bring up the can and he talks for five minutes on stage about liquid death <laughs> and like how ridiculous this is. And, that, and he's like drinking it. It's just like, yeah, you just sort of, it's fun to throw a lit match into this dry forest sort of, you know, and just sort of watch like... <laughs> what happens like people can't help but like talk about it or or you know create a conversation around it so anyway yeah it's been a fun ride it's it's just continuing to kind of go bananas and it's awesome that you know the whole reason i started the company was like you know i hated doing stuff for big brands where because essentially the reality is whoever has the money gets to make the final decisions that's the reality of all business yeah so it's like Typically, you have to rely on wealthy people to get that money, and then they have the control. So it was like, how can we create a brand where we've got enough money that we control what we support? You know, and it's like then we have the power. We don't have to depend on people who aren't creative or who don't get it. So now, finally, we're at the point where we can support people like you guys and actually like afford to do it and support people that Coke and Pepsi would never touch with a ten foot pole. And, and that's the real mission for me like how does liquid death just put awesome stuff in the world and support things that typically wouldn't get the support from the people who have the money you know it's amazing man it's uh inspirational too and i'm gonna put you before we kind of uh let you go here i'm gonna put you yeah. in the ceo chair every time we talk to you with the philadelphia eagles so you're jeffrey laurie what are yeah. you doing after you've seen the first three games what's uh what what uh what do you what, what it's like the first thing that you have to do uh, for this Eagles team? That's a really good question. I feel like I'm always um, I'm always a fan of bringing in outside eyes on things because you always are so, people get so close to their own products, you know, or whatever. And the same thing in marketing. It's like, you're so close that you can't really see what's wrong, but sometimes you just get some outside perspective and you understand things that you wouldn't have understood, you know? And I, I think it's always so important. And, and, and uh, yeah, if, if you, if you just try to leave it all on the person who's close to it, it, it's too hard for them to, to see it. Like, like being in a bad relationship, how often do you realize how bad it is, but all your friends have seen for, <laughs> for a long time that like, this yep. is not going to work. And when this is what's wrong. You know? Well, Mike, you got to send the guy that's got to break up the Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman experience. in cause that's, I mean, right. I mean, like, right. is, there yeah, eyes, yeah, yeah. is there eyes on that anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find somebody to break, break that in, I think that'd be, uh, we would love you to find a way to do so. So uh, um, we appreciate it, man. And um, the next time you're on, we're going to spend the full hour with you and just go over everything uh, that uh, that is happening. And hopefully, and I'm, this is what I'm predicting, the next time you're here, we're talking about an over 500 Philadelphia Eagles team that's ready to kind of take on the uh, the easier part of the schedule. Do you think there's any chance that the Eagles are beating the Chiefs this week? Vince? Based on how the Chiefs are playing? I mean, the Chiefs, they're, they're beatable right now. So you got something. I mean, odds are yeah. no. I think the line's like yeah. seven, seven and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, Vegas oh, yeah, is like, yeah. it ain't happening, boys. But <laughs> it, as long as they compete, I'm happy. I'm I'm already, I'm predicting losses from here on out because, like, I, it's my fault. I'm taking the blame on this one, and I'm going to ride that train until, you know, I'm proven wrong. So, so that means uh, a guaranteed win this week. It, it is I, happening I, now I, I because hope. of John. I hope so. Good work, John. Good work. My, uh, my, my buddy, my my buddy and I, we did we put a bet on the Eagles to win the division when it was still plus five fifty. I think so. Like I'm still holding on to that. Yeah, holding on to it. <laughs> That's probably why it's the money, right? That's why we're holding yeah. on. Yeah, yeah That's exactly. Why. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Mike, we appreciate it, man. Liquiddeath.com. And please follow Liquid Death everywhere, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you see them. Uh, They have amazing content and ridiculous people doing ridiculous things to uh, the can you see in front of me here. So thanks a lot, Mike. We'll see you uh, next time, my friend. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Take it easy. All right. Take it easy, Mike. All right. So Mike thinks there's a possibility as well. (laughs) (laughs) So we're on the same wavelength there. Very cool story. Uh, thanks again, brother. It was it was great to chat with you. Can't wait to catch up with you next month. I, I, I did say this before uh, the interview and want to get into it. I Everyone believes, and this is just I don't think it's going to happen, but I think there's a chance. Okay. Everyone believes that there's no way the Chiefs can lose three in a row. It's impossible, right? And everyone is still in a 16-game mindset. So I do think it is very possible that the Chiefs can lose three in a row. And it won't matter. Plus, Andy's already been through this once in his career with Alex Smith, where they started out 0-5 and then made the playoffs, didn't they? Yeah, or something sure ridiculous did. like that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go back and figure out the, the line on that. Great teams like that, and, and Patrick Mahomes and whatever, will be fine. Tom Brady and the Bucks, and I really, and you want to you talk about tinfoil hat, I think Tom threw that game. Or just just knew that not not to say that he's going to go not go out and compete, but like it happens every year. They go, oh, here you go. I think Tom Brady's sadistic enough to go. I'm going to give this win to Sean McVay, and we're just going to try some shit and and give him the satisfaction. But in the end, I'm going to crush you in January. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I now Andy isn't that way at all. But we can say, like, just from the, 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 this past weekend, he says he's fine, and I, I, I'll take him at his word for it. But going through, you know, the hospital, and he's had a lot, to, a lot of family stuff throughout the offseason again, and we know that of, of that is in his time here in Philly and whatever. But I absolutely think they can lose this game because of just it feels like Andy has – it's and not like – it just seem, they just seem a little different. That's all. So, like, I, I, I fully believe that the Chiefs are going to be in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl conversation. I just don't I, – I just do think it's possible that Andy could have a down year, and we might be seeing that. Well, yeah, there was a point – and by the way, the Chiefs went 1-5. and 1-5 and five is what it was. Yeah, yeah. they went 1-5 and five and ended 11-5. and five. Yeah. So, that was 2015, and that's completely ridiculous. Yes. Now, the Eagles can't do that, but the Chiefs no. can. Yes, the, <laughs> the Chiefs can. Here's yeah. how checked out they've been on some degree. Uh, Travis Kelsey was on a broadcast like two weeks ago. And they were like, hey, so Travis, you got this matchup coming up next week. And he's like, wait, who do we have? Like, uh-huh. yeah, it was just like, he had no, it's like, how don't you know? Because they can turn it on and like, they're the, the, the like LeBron and everybody else, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's really what it is. It's They've been around each other long enough. They know the offense long enough. You can add little elements here and there, but I mean, they're operating on such a high level that it's ridiculous. So mm-hmm. for them, yeah, they probably just get a little bit bored. They might have needed the kick in the ass and maybe losing two straight does that. But is it possible that they are still figuring things out. They still haven't quite woken up yet. The Eagles look like some dud team. You can just, you know, it's a slug you can pour salt on. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why that, but why not? And uh, they just go, yeah, like whatever. And the Eagles run over them and surprise them. And they win a game like 27-24. You know, maybe. Yeah, something like, yeah. Maybe. Now, again, Sirianni needs to run a competent offense, okay? He needs to run an actual offense. And he needs to not have 35 million flags. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And like a little bit of motion it's going to be the most stark thing you've ever seen in your life to watch the kansas city chiefs offense like we've not watched <laughs> yeah I know. we're going to watch I don't believe in wasted steps and the chiefs are going wasted step wasted step wasted step fuck you i'm gonna score a touchdown yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we've watched san francisco we've watched san francisco and now we're gonna watch the chiefs compared to a team that has no motion <laughs> Like that, it, it yeah. Like the feeling of embarrassment almost makes me want to jump into the pool of like, yeah, just run the football. Because <laughs> like, right? It could. It, th- th- this could get really, really ugly. But just another another thing to line up my 2013 theory. Andy Reid's coming back into town for the first time since then, right? Wow. Yes. And someone's getting retired on that same day, which Donovan McNabb also was retired. On that same day, when Chip Kelly came in in 2013, which again, way too early for that. 
<laughs> for everybody. I always disagreed with that. It's like it never made me. Lo- if you did, if you retired Andy or like had a ceremony for him now, we're all ready to go. You were right. And by the way, he was. I, my hottest take before we get out of here yeah. is I would trade the Super Bowl back to keep Andy Reid here and see what happens and get rid of Howie Roseman. Yeah, I would disagree. love to see in the alternate timeline of 2012 where he takes a year off and, and there's an interim coach and he still tinkers around and does that and comes back. I would have loved to have seen Andy Reid do that here. And I don't know if that ends up with Patrick Mahomes, but I would like to see where that alternate timeline ends up. If there was a year off in between, I could get with it, but just the way it was, it was just like, yeah, yeah I mean, it had been time for two years. so It had been, and, and that's the thing I'll always disagree with. He he had to go. People say, yeah, like, I was I was going to come on here and say, what a big mistake. I was like, that's not true. No. That's, that's rewriting history, if that's true. It was time. It was it, way time. Yeah. Danny Watkins, the whole, like, it was just bad. But, I don't know, apparently how he run a, a power struggle, so maybe that he's influenced by that and making a bunch of dumb decisions. Whatever. Real quickly, speaking of that retired player, LaShawn McCoy getting retired. Yuck. Couldn't care less. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> why? Why? Like, I, I know. Again, too soon. People people are, yeah, right now, just like, oh, Five yeah. Five years we down love, the road, yes. We love Shady. Today's too we, soon. We love Shady. We love Shady. I mean, look, he was a great player. No great doubt play. about it. A great player. A fantastic There's player. a lot of nonsense around Shady. I just don't like him. Yeah. I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't like him either. I, yeah. it's, again, great player. Don't like the guy. Oh, and it's not because of the tip at the restaurant because that place sucked and the owner was a, a, a piece of shit. So, oh, what was that? PYT. That's right. It was PYT in the uh, Piazza yeah. in uh, down in Northern Liberties. That place was the devil and the owner was an asshole. So... Uh, I, I he that's the only one he's <laughs> he's good in my book for, but everything else, ugh. yeah, he's just around the party a lot buses of, and all that. Like yeah. he just completely ruined the no ugly girls party uh, and all yeah. that. Yeah, he's Ru- ruining them. fucking Marvel for all the nerds. Was yeah. really, you know, like, I didn't really care about that as much, but like that was you know I just don't like him. Just a, yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Here so, you go. Congratulations, Shetty. Ready? One clap. That's what you get. Hope it was yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> The tiniest of bell rings. Congratulations <laughs> on a wonderful career and winning a Super Bowl somewhere other than here. Yeah. Basically being like an Olay uh, Super Bowl ring, much like Richard Sherman's probably going to get one this year with Tom Brady. Anyway, yeah. another tangent. Let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Uh, Ring the bell, wrap it up. Sm- smallest, smallest quick note, Marlon Max available for trade. I'm just saying, well, yeah. Marlon Mack's available for trade. Yeah. He's available for trade. Give me Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack. They're not even going to use him, Vince. Isn't that whatever it was telling Yeah, you? I got a lot of that. It was like, guys, come on. It was one game where they ran three times. I want him to run more, too. I've been ranting for the last hour about it. But get Marlon Mack in here. He's a consummate Eagles guy. And maybe he'll use somebody that he actually likes. Well, yeah, maybe that's I, it. I, I'm not letting go of my theory if he doesn't like Miles Sanders. All the more reason to get my man. Exactly. So uh, that being said, please come. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Uh, the last thing that we have on our docket here is another uh, out-of-body experience, more or less, because our good friend, Tom G., dropped $220 into the donation pool. insane. Uh, and, and wanting nothing in return. You guys really are missing the boat here. Like... <laughs> We genuinely accept that. Uh, that is such a great gift, Tom. You'd have no idea how much that helps us, the studio, like every writer, every staff member that we have going through here, Tech and Prim, all, all of it. Like, thank you. It's, it's an incredible gesture. And writing back to him, be like, okay, what we let's create a tier two twenty. What do we got? And this is how cool our listeners are and everyone is y'all are so welcome i don't have anything in mind i just wanted to say thank you for all the entertainment over the past few years started listening in the summer of 17 and been hooked since it's a nice escape from the cowboys talk here too for my friends and the ticket down here in dallas what i love most about y'all is what you're doing is not traditionally philly sports talk but uh plus i don't have callers beating me down it's just like yes <laughs> absolutely Tom, that is that's awesome. We want to do say we are uh, the tiers will be absolutely live on Sunday, and we'll have our, our our retail store up. And yes, we're getting shirts and all that stuff too. But this is amazing, Tom. Like this is 
unbelievable and since you don't you're you're saying it's just it's just for a thank you i I would love the community and i know vince has some ideas too on like that 220 and what what that could mean for somebody moving forward but well yeah so what we had talked about is the idea and by the way just to to rehash if you're new to the show and you want to know what the tier system is if you donate over a hundred dollars each dollar is a different tier 101 102 103 104 and so on up to come up with what you want like we have happy hour on there uh right now so for 105 me and john will join you for a happy hour for an hour yeah, yep. if you're in the area, we'll meet you where you are. We're happy to do it. Uh, otherwise, we do it virtual. My bath water is on there. It's a tier. <laughs> I, that that was just like an offhand joke that John was like, "No, that should be a tier." And I was like, "All right, fine." So no one's going to use that tier. But I, but I'll I didn't say, even think he was ballsy enough to put it on. Oh yeah, good oh, on you. How dare good you on challenge you, me on Quinn. that? Yes, I will sell my bath water. Um, and then uh, we we have some other things giving out Eagles jerseys. Yeah, here's what we wanted to do with this one: two twenty. We will get you something signed. Yeah, something I like that. Signed mini helmet by an something eagle. like that. Whatever we can find, whatever yeah. we can get our hands on, we want to get you a solid item. Get two hundred twenty dollar donation for us. It means a ton. So oh yeah, uh, for something so you should get that, a ton in return. Yeah. So yeah. we want to give you something solid, but we want to get you something signed. So that's what we'll do with two twenty. If you have any questions about tiers, you have an idea for a tier. You go, hey, uh, I w- I have this idea in my head of what I want to do with you guys. Like we even just threw out there, like me and John bake something. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. who cares? Let's do a cooking class. Let's paint whatever. Yeah. Like. We're open to we'll get, all that. We we'll get uh, 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 Chef Scott on the uh, on the yeah yeah absolutely. So whatever you got in your head of like, hey, I think this would be a fun idea. Talk to us. Let's let's iron it out, and then we'll give you a tier based on that. So yeah. Easy to find us. Uh, you can go to the link tree right now and donate there. That's where people have been doing it. In the description of the podcast, by the way. Yep. And uh, we can also, again, we'll, we'll start putting out the tiers and, and just giving it an easier access for all of you guys to work with that. But for now, yeah, Sunday's Look for Sunday's postgame show. We'll have it in the description. Me and Vince are, are setting it up over the weekend to make sure it's all like in line and, and all that. It's where you're going to eventually see like stickers, shirts, and all that other stuff, too. Uh, and the reason why we did this, because Patreon, we feel, just rips off creators all the time. And and rips off you like we would love the idea of like oh wow they automatically send us merch and then our friends the realest podcast ever like yeah they also charge like twenty dollars for the item out of your pocket just to, and it didn't make any sense so no like, oh then well we can do that on our own through our, our own little thing and and that's what we're trying to attempt to yeah. do to give you way more than and and make it a little way more personal too it doesn't patreon doesn't feel personal you no know? like it just so um we appreciate all the support and honestly again i, I stress this it's this is you don't have to do this. We just want to make it fun for those that feel like, hey, just like Tom, I've been listening to you guys forever. Here you go. And we want to give you something great in return, you know, not just like extra content or this or that. Actual fun stuff. You yeah, know? that's why if you donate over $100, yeah, we want to give you something back, whether it's our time and, and doing stuff with you again, having beers or uh, I came up with an idea for 144, which is. <laughs> One of us will read a bedtime story. Like oh, yeah. If you have a kid's book you want read, Absolutely. just like send it over. As long as it's not 100 pages. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. let's be reasonable here. But we're, we're happy to read it. We'll send you the recording of it. You can play it for your kids, have it in the car, that kind of thing. Long drive, lull the kids to sleep. And I know there's a ton of people that independently create their own books and stuff like children's books and don't have any audio tape on that or whatever. So, hell yeah. Yeah, we'll do we'll do something simple like that. That'd be fun. So those are the, the kinds of things we want to do. And, and again, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you can give to support the show means a lot. So it's a ton. So we appreciate ton. it's above and beyond, honestly. Yeah. You know, so. So with that uh, last thing, John, before we get out of here. Yeah, because, I think we said that four times. Yes. Well, <laughs> we still have more show because after the music. We'll have Darren and Jose that is right. Bigger than the game. Yep. Bigger than the game. So we got a little Eagles Chiefs history. We're going to do that with those guys after the music. Make sure you stick around for that. Uh, you got anything else, John? Thanks to Mike again from Liquid Death. Thanks to the Henry James Saloon for absolute being rock stars. Thank you very much for the incredible support. I know we say that every uh, podcast and we fucking mean it because this is our dinner and this is there's that's it like we keep telling you this is this is an awesome vibe that we're all feeling and we really really appreciate the feedback please tell us good bad or th- otherwise we we love it all yeah i mean i i quit my job at cbs sports radio <laughs> to do this like i i just took the leap and without this kind of support i wouldn't have done it so thank absolutely you. uh we will see you on sunday ringing our bells eating cheese steaks and hey who knows maybe we'll get shocked as hell but probably hey. won't, and we got to drink and eat our sorrows away, and we hope you can do it. We'll see you guys. <laughs> Bye.
All right, back again for a little more Eagles history here. And as always, I'm joined by Jeremy Dove and Jose Ruiz of Bigger Than the Game. Hello, fellas. What's going on, Vince? What's up, Vince? It's good to see you again. Yes, yes. Yes, and uh, always love our little Eagles history sessions here. So Same. if you missed them, by the way, go back and check the archives. Check them. Check them. Check them. So we've got the Chiefs here. Obviously, big matchup. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, yeah. Andy Reid. Yeah. So there's just there's just a lot of fun stuff that goes into this kind of game. And uh, what do you guys have for Chiefs history this week? Well, we're looking back at that epic 2017 Super Bowl season. And in what Jose and I believe is really the turning point for the Eagles that year and for Doug Peterson and his coaching career with the Eagles. That's that week two Eagles at Chiefs game. And so what is it about the game then? Well, really what happened in this game, it, it kind of put it like a shine the light on the Eagles offense. And, you know, Doug Peterson, as we all know, you know, like to throw the ball. But in this game, it really it really bit him in the butt. You know what I mean? And what happened was after this game and after week two, you know, Doug Peterson kind of shifted the offense a little bit and became more of a running game, as we all know, which helped them win that 2017 Super Bowl, or, you know, 2018 Super Bowl and, you know, made them world champs. But definitely this game was the highlight of like, OK, we got to we got to shift things a little bit around. Yeah. So it's interesting always we always like it on bigger than the game when you look at that loss as that turning point right. so the eagles lose that game 27 to 20 at arrowhead and they go one and one and they wind up only having 13 rushing attempts in that game and the talk is is you know it's funny because he's doug's going against andy reed his mentor and it's this andy reed 2.0 and only 13 attempts Legarrett blunt i think had one maybe one carry for like <laughs> zero yards in that game and we're wondering what's going on with this and I'm not saying listen to the fans but Doug Peterson really adjusted his game plan and started running the ball more and it, looking back at the clips it's funny because we know that team for that great offensive line but when you read the reports after that week two game it's oh the O-line shaky right you know the, <laughs> and they handle all this pressure blah 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 and then to see what happens after this week two loss where they start really grinding guys and going behind this these awesome offensive line I really and I think Jose as well thinks that was a turning point for what that team and the blueprint for that Super Bowl season yeah yeah, and no doubt about it, man. I mean, when you go back and think of that team, like, it, obviously the Super Bowl is its own animal, right? Yeah. It's its yeah. own animal. Yeah. But how they get there and what they do along the way, I mean, when they were rolling teams and they're doing the electric slide yeah. and all the team celebrations and everything, like, it was just such a cool, fun, crazy energy. And they were blowing teams out. And a lot of that was their ability to just run the ball so incredibly well. Right. Yeah, and it was easy for Doug to, Doug EP to, to get past happened when you had Wentz having an amazing season that year he would have won the MVP if he didn't get hurt you know and against the Rams but you know even in this game you know you could see glimpses of like that Wentz and, and connecting to Aguilar in the back of the end zone for a touchdown it was just he looked so crisp and sharp you know like just so different from what we saw at the end of his Eagles career but yeah this I, I, I love this game just for that fact that guess what like Doug Peterson made the adjustment and obviously it paid off absolutely well, you love to see it, guys. Great story again, yeah. as always. So that was Jose Ruiz, Jeremy Dove from Bigger Than the Game. I'm Vince Quinn. Peace. Peace.